No worries. Amen. Good morning. Isn't it good to be here? Amen. If you are here, if you're watching online, hello and good morning. We are glad that you are in the Lord's house in one way or another. So, lots of great things going on. I have my list here. I've got to, I'm going to have to start doing that. Bless my heart. I'm not getting old. I'm just so many brains in there. Just so many things. Just like, just tunnels of information. So, <laughs> that's all it is. So, uh, June, if you've not yet brought your item for uh, the shoeboxes, June is jump ropes for our shoeboxes. So, bring a jump rope or the uh, shipping cost or a shoebox. We have got so many shoeboxes back there. Thank y'all so very much for your participation. Really, it's, it's greatly appreciated. Um, you see the uh, pineapple back there. We, so we have our pennies for pineapples. We are uh, supporting the uh, mission state of Hawaii. Uh, they, I, I can attest to the fact I didn't, I, the island that we were on, I did not see one church of God. I know that, yeah, not one. Um, I know. I saw an Assemblies of God and um, a couple of Catholic churches and Orthodox church, but I did not see. Now, I know that there are two on the island, but I didn't see any of them. But it's an enormous island. So for a, for a population of about 200,000 people, there are only 21 churches of God in the entire state. So uh, we want to support them as much as we can. Uh, so put your pennies or dollars or whatever it may be into the pineapple, and it will all culminate next week in a luau. So if you, yes, for our first Sunday meal, we're having a luau. Shane is going to cook a, a pig. <laughs> I don't know that it's going to be like, you know, like they do. He he would love to dig a hole and put the pig down in there, but probably that's not going to happen. So, yeah, but um, but he will be cooking pork of some sort. Uh, if you'd like to bring some items that would be uh, Hawaiian, so <laughs> from, from personal experience, fruit, uh, rice, <laughs> there was a lot of that, but you know, look on Pinterest, they, they have tons of ideas, but uh, we wouldn't like for you to, if you'd like to dress in, in Hawaiian looking clothing, it's called aloha clothing, see I'm, I'm learning all this stuff, see that's why I, I need a list, because I got so much information, but if you have any aloha clothing that you'd like to wear, and just, yeah, the fellowship hall is going to be decorated, and we're, we're just going to have a great time with our luau invite some people and bring some food for our first Sunday meal our uh, luau celebration also uh, Bonnie English the following Saturday it is July 8th at 6 o'clock we're going to have a meal afterward for a suggested donation of $5 so that we can support the ministry if you've ever heard them they, they are very good they are good singers have good music uh, if you have not heard them before come on be here bring some people with you okay if you know individuals who like um, it's more on the southern gospel side if you know people who like southern gospel music bring them with you because they will have a great time here at six o'clock Saturday Bonnie English bring five extra dollars so that you can eat okay if you don't have money to eat 
we will not make you starve. You are welcome to eat without a donation. But if you would like to uh, to give, and if you'd like to give more than $5, you're welcome to do that as well so that we can really bless them. Uh, last time they were here, their, their uh, bus had broken down, so we really gave great for them to, to be able to help with with their expenses for the bus and all the all the fixing so we want to we want to bless them uh, but invite lots and lots of people our focus for the month of july is fellowship we talked about block parties so if you invite people to your home you know have have a dinner party invite people talk to them you know get to know their story because you cannot have influence if you do not have relationships so uh, that's we want to have opportunities in the month of july to have some fellowship and this is one of those opportunities is july 8th so bring people with you if you're watching online right now you are invited to be at church june 8th six july 8th <laughs> six o'clock um any other announcements we will let you know i got a contact from uh from pastor mike sellers at the at journey church they're planning to go you know a few months ago we went to uh, minister to the homeless with uh, watchman of the streets he is uh, setting up some things for for next month for the month of july so if um, if you're interested uh, i will he is he is in charge of the scheduling so i will have some dates very soon uh, so if you'd like to go, we had a, a very good time. It was really impactful. Um, if that's something that you'd like to do, but if if that's not, if going out into the the field to minister is not your cup of tea, that's okay, because each person has something that burdens their heart. So if if this does not, uh, if this doesn't sound like something that you feel comfortable with, that's no big deal. It's all right. You can help financially give a little extra uh we have some supplies already but um i'm certain that we could use some more so keep those things in mind again any other announcements and when i when i do have the actual date we'll certainly let everybody know um any other announcements we will let you know so go and i'm sorry y'all i'm gonna be talking about why some between yeah i mean over the next little while because there were so many lessons you know so many lessons one of the things that you notice in Hawaii, if, it, if you've ever been, then you know. There were so many stars. It was amazing. There were constellations that you never see. It was crazy. Because, see, at our house, and we're, we're uh, sky watchers, we enjoy doing that. And we sit out on the back porch. If there's a, a, a meteor shower, we'll sit out and, and watch the meteor shower. But... It's hard because you have to you have to really get a good spot and you have to really focus in and you have to kind of stare into the sky and get your eyes acclimated in order to be able to see the stars. But there it was easy, so so easy to see. We would we would uh, park at the at the apartment where we had rented and just get out of the car and look and millions of stars. And the thing is, they don't have light pollution the way that we do. They're so separated. They're so separated that it's it's easy for them to see all those stars. And I thought, God's promises are there. 
His goodness is there. His purpose and His plan is there. But sometimes we're so close to all this other stuff that we have a hard time seeing it. So we have to get rid of some of that pollution. We have to cast off those things that would hinder our vision. We have to let go of those things that would keep us from really truly focusing on God. Sometimes we even need to separate for a while. To get away just alone with Him so that we can see all the goodness that He has. So I encourage you today that uh, if you need something from the Lord, if you need some clarity, if you need some vision... You can have that today. Amen. Let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, your blessings and grace. God, we thank you that you have a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. God, I thank you that you provide clarity. God, that you provide vision, that you provide those things that that we can't see. God, that you have a purpose and a plan for each of our lives. And God, if we just keep focused on you, we will see it. Uh, Heavenly Father, I ask you now that you would have your will in the lives of each and every person who is here. God, there is no one who is here by accident, but God, they are here for a purpose. God, I pray for each person who is watching online for whatever reason that they couldn't be in your house. If it's sickness, if it's discouragement, if it's vacation, whatever it may be, God, I just pray that you would lift them up and give them strength today physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. God, I pray that we would hear from you. God, that everything that is said and done today would lift you up and bless your holy name. God, I pray that there would be nothing of us that is seen, but God, that every single thing that we do would be to honor and please you. God, I pray for those who have come in burdened and with pain, God, that they would meet with you here today. We just lift you up and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry, now that I know. Everything I need, you've got, there's honey in the rock. Praying for a miracle, thirsty for the living well. Only you can satisfy Sweetness at the mercy seat Now I'm tasting It's not hard to see Only you can satisfy Cause there's honey in the rock Honey in the rock there's honey in the rock, honey in the rock. Oh, freedom where the Spirit is, bounty in the wilderness. You will always satisfy. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone. Manna on the ground, no matter where I go I don't need to worry now that I know Everything I need, you've got there Sunny in the rock, purpose in your plan Power in the blood and healing in your hand It started flowing when you said it is done Everything you did's enough 
I keep looking, I keep finding, you keep giving, keep providing, I have all that I need, you are all that I need, I keep praying, you keep moving, I keep praising, you keep proving, I have all that I need. You are all that I need. Sing, I keep looking. I keep looking. I keep finding. You keep giving. Keep providing. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I keep praying. You keep moving. I keep praising. You keep proving. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. Because there's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know Everything I need you've got There's honey in the rock Purpose in your plan And power in the blood And healing in your hand It started flowing when you said it is done Everything you did seen up There's honey in the rock Honey in the rock there's honey in the rock, honey in the rock. Sing, oh, how sweet. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is. To trust in you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Sing that again. My hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong, in the Savior's love, through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. 
When darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace In every high and stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil Christ alone Cornerstone Weak made strong In the Savior's love Through the storm He is Lord Lord of all He is Lord Lord of all Christ alone My cornerstone Weak made strong In the Savior's love Through the storm He is Lord, Lord of all, Lord of all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why should I worry when giants come calling my name? My God is so much bigger than troubles I face. Why would I hunger for power or riches or fame? Cause my God is so much better than all of these things So I won't be shaken No, I won't be moved My God is faithful His promise is true so speak to the mountains, it's time to move. Cause my God is bigger, better, stronger, greater than you. My enemies scatter Cause they know the battle is done Oh, my God is stronger The victory is already won Yes, He died for my ransom And rose up on the third day 
Cause my God is greater than death and the grave. So I won't be shaken and I won't be moved. Cause my God is faithful. His promise is true. So speak to the mountain, it's time to move. Cause my God is bigger, better, stronger, greater than you. There's no mountain too high. No valley too low. There's no fear that I have. He doesn't already know. There's no problem too big. There's no weapon too strong. There is nothing for God that's impossible. There's no mountain too high and no valley too low. There's no fear that I have. He doesn't already know there's no problem too big. There's no weapon too strong. There is nothing for God that's impossible. So I won't be shaken. No, I won't be moved. Because my God, He's faithful. His promise is true. So speak to the mountains. It's time to move. Because my God is bigger, better, stronger, greater. He's bigger, better, stronger, greater. He's bigger, better, Stronger, greater, he's bigger, better, stronger, greater, he's bigger, better, stronger, greater than you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise this morning. You are greater and better and stronger than anything that we face. Heavenly Father, we lift you up and we bless your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we praise you. Heavenly Father, we praise you. This morning, I... This morning as I was just praying and... um, when I'm all by myself, I listen to other people's uh, messages too um, when I'm getting ready. And, and I just felt like we needed an altar call at some point today. And I know you know, we, we pray together, we pray at our seats and all that stuff. And we need an altar call sometime today. And so the, you know, just the Holy Spirit began to move in me. We, you need an altar call sometime today. Because there are people who have come here so burdened. Because their family is hurting, because their family is lost, because because they're struggling. So, Rhonda, if you'll play some music, 
And I don't know, I don't know what you need from the Lord. But this is the place to receive. And if you're not praying for yourself, if you if you see somebody who needs to be uh, prayed for, just gather around them. So right now I invite you to the altar. And we're going to bring our needs to God. We're going to bring our needs to Him. If you need to come down here, if you need to go to the Lord in prayer, come down. We'll, we'll continue with the rest of our service at some point. But right now, there are those who need to get in touch with God.
carrying a load this morning, and we all may be. I don't know what you carry. I don't know what I carry. Sometimes, but God knows. He's bigger, better, stronger, greater than all that. If we could ever, if we could ever get there, we'd be okay. Thank you, Sister Fowl. Thank you for obeying the Lord this morning. Thank you. It's time to receive our tithe and offering. If our usherette will come in this morning, take it up for us. Brother Jordan, we say the blessing of the offering. I'm happy to be able to say that again. Boy, that sounds good. Time to take our prayer request. I guess I'm either the third or the fourth or the fifth string. I'm not exactly sure which string I am, but I'm one of them. Do you have a request on this side? Yes, sister.
es. Tomorrow. Okay. This side. a request that way if you want to lift your hand so that the Lord will see your hand this morning gracious it's almost 100% wasn't it Sister Jordan will you take us to the Lord in prayer this morning
Time to have fellowship with one another.
that you are here again if you're watching hello and uh, we hope that you are receiving from the Lord and he will move on you because it doesn't matter where you are he can move anywhere <laughs> he can move anywhere and uh, whether you're at church whether you're at home in your car he is there so last time that we spoke which was a few weeks ago Last week we had great, great, oh my goodness, so much food was delightful. Breakfast is one of my favorite meals, just really and truly. It's just so, it's so tasty. And everybody who brought things, thank you. Oh my, it was good. So it was before that, and then uh, mom spoke. Thanks, mom. And then before that, we were talking about the importance of 
the one that got away. So there we acknowledge that there is pain within the sheepfold. Uh, we acknowledge a self-inflicted wandering. Sometimes it's our own fault that we've wandered away. But we also acknowledge the love of the shepherd, that he leaves the 99. He cares so much about us. That he will not just rejoice that there are 99 left. He goes out and he searches for that one. And when he finds it, he puts it over his shoulders and brings it back home. For now, we will consider a new aspect of health and wellness. What? We're moving to a new one, and which is financial health and wellness. So that's, it's important. We've talked about mental, emotional health and wellness. We talked about physical. We talked about relational for a long, long time. <laughs> but now we're going to talk about financial health and wellness. So we can all agree that money is necessary, right? Money is net. We need it. When we live in the type of society that exchanges money for goods, money is necessary. Whatever you can exchange for goods, that's, you know, it's important. So our attitude about money is what makes it healthy or unhealthy. That's the issue. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. Okay, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Y'all already get a preview of what we're going to be talking about. So there are some healthy attitudes about money. Things like generosity. That's a healthy attitude. Stewardship. Realizing that this isn't mine. It's actually God's that he's allowing me to borrow. Investment is a healthy attitude. Knowing that if I, if I send, and this is a, a proverb, you know, if you, send your, if you send your bread out on the water, it's going to come back. Inheritance is a healthy attitude. Storing up for your children. The, the Bible says that the wise man stores up for his children's children. So there's nothing wrong with having an inheritance. I've heard of some rich people saying, um, I, I work to get all this money. I'm going to spend every last bit of it, and my children can fend for themselves. I don't know if that's right or not. <laughs> um, I mean, I understand the logic behind it. But, uh, tithing and giving, those are healthy attitudes toward money. But then there are some unhealthy attitudes. We see things like greed, wastefulness. Oh, I was talking to somebody about that yesterday. <laughs> wastefulness. Ooh. We're all, I, I mean, some of us. Maybe y'all weren't guilty of that. So I can kind of be guilty of that sometimes. Exorbitant interest. It's also called usury in the Bible. So if you... If you let someone borrow, but then you charge them more interest than they're able to pay, that's, that's an unhealthy attitude. Co-signing? Oh, my. The Proverbs talk about this a whole, whole bunch, to be careful who you co-sign with and for. And it encourages lenders, if you've got someone who's co-signing for someone else, then um, ask extra from them. <clears throat> a poverty mentality, that's an unhealthy attitude toward money. Being miserly, like I have to keep all this to myself because maybe I'll never get any more. That's an unhealthy attitude. So we'll see some of these throughout our, our study and we'll see how long um, we stay in this section of 
of uh, health and wellness. The next section, which is spiritual health and wellness, it may take us to the end of the year. I don't even know. We shall see, because there's a whole bunch of parts of of being spiritually healthy. But we'll see here. So some people claim that Jesus talked more about money than any other topic. That is, that's not true. He talked about the kingdom. But about one quarter of his parables include financial wording. But about half of those speak of money as a metaphor for a deeper lesson when he talks about giving the talents and that the one that had ten, that had the five talents uh, increased it to ten and the one that had two talents increased it to four and then the one that had one talent buried it. So he's using money as an object but it's not speaking about money specifically. It's saying, you know, when God gives you something, you should use it for his glory and purpose. But this story that we're going to look at today, this particular situation does, it really is about money. It's going to be in Mark chapter 10. So the Lord had been preaching about healthy marital relationships. He speaks a lot about health and wellness as far as relationships go. We see that teaching a lot in Jesus's ministry. So he had been inviting children to come and sit with him and be blessed. He was embracing them and and the those disciples kind of trying to shoo them off. And, and Jesus said, no, you've got to allow them to come because such is the kingdom of heaven. So then in chapter 10, beginning in verse 17, it says... And when he was gone forth into the way, he being Jesus, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do, ne- do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. So we notice the eagerness of this young man. He comes running to Jesus. And then he kneels before him, falls down to his knees before Jesus. Mark, and thereby Peter, because Peter was the one who told Mark these the stories about Jesus. So Mark is the only one that records that particular detail, that the young man ran to him and fell down at his knees. In the other places that this situation is recorded, it doesn't have that. So here the young man acknowledges the wisdom and the goodness of Christ. He, he calls him good master. And then Jesus replies to his inquiry and said, Reflect on the reason. Now, note, Jesus is not saying, I am not good. He says, why are you calling me good? There is only one who is good, and that's God. But Jesus does not deny the fact that he's good. He's asking the young man, reflect on the reason you're calling me this. What do you believe about me? So here he's asking... Because rabbis, and and a lot of times Jesus was referred to as a rabbi, rabbis were never referred to 
as good master. Again, good was the term that was only reserved for God. So Jesus wants the young man to analyze, do you believe that I'm Messiah? Do you believe, is that the reason you're calling me good master? Because you believe that I am the one that you've been waiting for. Because if, if that's what you believe, then that's a good foundation for us to start on. So he wants the young man to think about what he thinks about Jesus. So he says to him, the young man said, I want to know how to inherit eternal life. He's really, truly desirous. He has a yearning in his heart to receive from God. So Jesus says, well, you know the commandments. Notice which ones were mentioned. He says, don't commit adultery. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't defraud. Honor your father and mother. He lists these commandments. But we know that those are not all the commandments. But those are the ones that Jesus listed. So the man said, I've done all those. Those are commandments about loving your neighbor. Remember that there were two, and we, we talked about this, goodness, long time ago, the, uh, the ten words. And remember that the first three words are about loving God. And then we have, uh, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So that is a way that we can love God and have enough strength to love neighbor. The rest of the commandments are all about loving our neighbor. So we have two sets of commandments, and Jesus only mentioned the ones about loving neighbor. And the young man said, I've done those. My whole life I've loved my neighbor. My whole life I have listened and obeyed these commandments. I've followed them. And I don't think that he was being boastful here. I think that he was just being honest with Jesus and with himself. I have done this. And yet, I feel empty. I've done all these commandments. I've followed these commandments all my life. And yet, there's something within me that longs for more. And then it says in verses 21 through 25. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. And Mark is the only one who mentions that part as well. And said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give to the poor, and then shalt thou have treasure in heaven. And come, take up thy cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possession. And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and saith unto them, Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So Jesus looks at this young man. This young man said, Jesus, I, I need to know how to in inherit eternal life. I don't feel 
like I'm going to make it. I, I don't feel like I've hit the mark. And, and I feel like you are the one who can tell me how to do it. So Jesus, please help me understand what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you, you, know, you know all the commandments. Yes, I followed all those. But please, it's just not enough. Please tell me. And when Jesus saw him, he loved him. It said that he had agape toward him. He observed him fixedly. He discerned him clearly. It said he fixed his eyes upon him. He discerned clearly. He could see into the man's heart. And he loved him. And Jesus said to him, you're lacking one thing. Now, notice... Jesus doesn't exactly say the one thing that he's lacking. He just says, you're lacking one thing. And I love it because sometimes, you know, the the disciples, they're like, Jesus, please explain this parable to us. Explain your teaching. We don't get it. And we are kind of like, come on, guys. Get it together. We kind of have a superior attitude. I mean, y'all may not. I sometimes have a superior attitude to the disciples. Like, come on, guys. Come on. But that's because I have the benefit of seeing the explanation of Jesus in a few more in, in future, uh, verses later. So, Jesus says to him, you're lacking one thing. And the young man was supposed to be able to understand what he was lacking based on what Jesus said next. So what was he lacking? He had been obedient to the commandments. He was hungry for knowledge. And Jesus said to him, sell everything that you own. Give it to the poor and then come back. And once you do that, you're going to have riches in heaven. And then I want you to take up your cross, which means exposure to death by self denial, and follow me, meaning to accompany or be in the same way with me. So he said, I want you to go sell all your stuff. Then you're going to have treasures in heaven. Come find me. Pick up your cross. Let's go. But when he heard Jesus reply, hmm, he became sad and went away in distress. Why is that? It's because he thought he wanted eternal life. But when faced with the choice, he realized that other things were more important to him. That things that he could see in a physical sense, things that were tangible, felt more important to him than the eternal and the unseen. And this became a teachable moment for Jesus. So he looked around. So all the disciples were with him, hearing this exchange between Jesus and the young man. And he looked around to those who would witness this. And Jesus said to him, to them, it's going to be difficult for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom. It, how hardly, this is the, the phrase that he used, how hardly, and this means to be difficult. How hardly for those who have something useful, needed, wealthy, or pricey. And they were all shocked when he said this. Now, the word that is used here, astonished, it is like our equivalent in, in the Greek. It's like our equivalent of mind blown. 
They heard Jesus say this. It's going to be difficult for those who have anything of wealth or useful or pricey to enter the kingdom of heaven and they're mind blown. Okay, Jesus. (laughs) Then who is it that's going to be able to receive eternal life? Jesus used two ways to express the difficulty. How hard it is for those who trust in riches. Hard, again, this word is only used once in the New Testament. It means one who is peevish about what they eat. Hard to find agreeable food for. Difficult to please. Always finding fault. So when Jesus says in verse 24, children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God, he said, it is unpleasant to taste. It is hard to stomach. It is a hard thing to swallow. For those who are rich in the world's goods to receive the kingdom of heaven. So, those who have put their trust in riches. Notice, the first, in verse 23, it says, hardly for those who have riches. But in verse 24, he makes it more specific. He said how hard it is for those who trust in riches. There's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference. Because trust means persuade, convince, to make friends of. Those who have put all their faith, all their trust in stuff. I'll say this again in a minute. If you're rich, good for you. If you are here and you are super wealthy, if you're watching and you're super wealthy, good for you. That's great. I I don't begrudge you. I don't know if anyone here does. Um, <laughs> I doubt it. No. Um, but that's, that's wonderful. I mean, that's a blessing from God. But the issue comes when you trust in it. The issue comes when you make friends with it. And that you hold on to it and that you cling to it to the point that you trust in it more than trusting in God. That's where the problem is. So then Jesus uses this hyperbole to get the point across. It may have been, and as I, hyperbole, is that what the, look was, <laughs> okay, hyperbole is like when you over-exaggerate, yeah, like I could, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse, probably not, I probably wouldn't want to eat a horse anyway, but just, you know, that's the idea of hyperbole, just over-exaggeration, so Jesus uses a hyperbole to get the point across, it could have been an Eastern proverb. We've heard this before that, that you know, the cam- about the camel stooping down and then he has to, all the gear has to come off of him and he's been unloaded of all his burdens and he's able to enter through the city gate, the eye of the needle. That, that could be, very well could be. Um, the word, I thought it was interesting, and so I just have it in parentheses here. Uh, the word for needle here and in Matthew's account of this was a sewing needle and the word used by Luke was a surgical needle 
because Luke was a doctor. So it's two different words for needle, but ne- but both of them actually mean needle. So, you know, tiny, tiny, minuscule place to, to get through. So the point is that Jesus is speaking in figurative language here to express difficulty and get to the point he did because, again, those disciples became vehemently astonished, minds blown, asking themselves, who can be saved? Verses 26 through 31 say, And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left... Bless Peter's heart. Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. <laughs> Just like, Jesus, make note. <laughs> we're not like this guy over here. We were willing to leave it all. Just remember that, okay? Remember that when you come into your kingdom that we were willing to leave everything on your behalf. Thank you. And Jesus answered and said verily I say unto you there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or mother or excuse me or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life but many that are first shall be last, and the last first. So some have suggested, again, that, that they were particularly astonished because in that time, and even now, wealth is considered a sign of God's favor. So when they saw someone who was very wealthy, automatically they thought well god must be pleased with that person because they're they're so blessed so when jesus said not so necessarily some of these people know how to hustle some of these people are talented in being able to turn a dollar as the phrase is there some of these people that's the reason that they are so wealthy is because they're skilled. Yes, that's a blessing from God, but it doesn't necessarily mean that God is super pleased with them. So the idea here of those who are highly favored not being able to enter in, well, who who can? With men, Jesus said, it is impossible. In our own strength, in our own merits of goodness, Money can't buy it. Your own works can't buy it. Your own goodness cannot buy it. You can't buy your way into heaven. It just won't happen. But with God, all things are possible. Through the fully God, fully man, Jesus, that was the only way to enter into the kingdom. And again, Peter, he spoke up. (laughs) Remember, Jesus, we've left everything. Us 12, we're good, right? We're good? We've left all to follow you, Lord. Remember that. Jesus reassures them that if they have forsaken their loved ones, their possessions for the sake of the gospel, 
then this is what they'll receive. A hundred times more houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. Notice not spouses. Um, <laughs> he, didn't, he did not say that. And notice not fathers. Because when we leave all to pursue God, there's only one father. Our heavenly father. He said, but when you leave all to follow Jesus... You're going to inherit so much more. You're going to have brothers and sisters all over the world. You are going to, you're going to have spiritual children. You're going to have those who are brethren with you, co-laborers with you. You're going to receive lands in an idea of every place that you step your foot, you are going to possess that for, for the cause of Christ. You're going to be ministering for, for God Everywhere you step your foot, those lands are going to be yours. And persecution. Again, Mark, Peter, is the only one to mention Jesus saying this. It must have had a deep impact on Peter. You leave all for the sake of Jesus. If you are wholeheartedly devoted to him in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus says this over and over and over again. So if we're looking to Jesus to deliver us from all our troubles, that's only going to happen when we die and go to heaven. That's only going to happen once Jesus comes back and we go to be with him. In this world, you will have troubles. There will be persecutions. But then he said, and in the next life eternal. Don't, don't give up hope. Yeah, you're going to go through it. Yeah, you're going to have struggles. But one day, life eternal will be yours. And he said, for those who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Remember that this is a mark of the upside-down kingdom. We talk about that a lot. That what we think of as what would be normal, it's flipped on its head. This is an upside-down kingdom that we're coming into. And this also could have been a warning of sorts to Peter. Don't get prideful. Yes, you have left all to follow us. But Peter, after a little while, you're going to go right back to fishing. So you need to act like you got some sense right now. We cannot be prideful about that. So, the riches of the kingdom. Understand that wealth, again, in and of itself, is not a bad thing. I know people... Who, who have plenty of money and they love Jesus with all their hearts. They are, they are blessed and highly favored. But Jesus is first. God is first. Their relationship with him is number one. That's the way it has to be. So, remember that Jesus told the young man that he lacked one thing. Well, what was the one thing? It's not clearly stated, but here's what I think it is. I think that possibly the one thing was a willingness to lay aside idols and put God first. Because notice, number one, and this is going to say we because these are the points, but I'm referring to him as well, but us along with him. So it said that he followed most of the commandments. If, if we have idols in our lives, then we follow most of the commandments. This young man, 
out of all the commandments that Jesus mentioned, the man had followed each of them his entire life, yet he remained empty and wondered if he was ever going to have eternal life. The commandments mentioned were those relating to others and not to God. You may be a good person. You may be a good person. You may follow the commands. You may be good and kind to others. You may give to others and bless them. But until you give God your whole heart, until you make Him the Lord of your life, until you lay aside any idol, until you follow that commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Until you do that, you cannot be satisfied or assured of your salvation. Any money will not save you. Any good deeds will not save you. Only complete surrender to God through faith in Christ will save you. The, the young man was so close. He had already Acknowledged that Jesus was the good master. He was so close, but he didn't want to make God number one in his life. He wanted to trust in riches. He wanted to trust in his own ability. He, he wanted to hold on to certain things and, and also be a good person and think that was enough, but it wasn't. The second thing, he did not, but we do not, if, we, if we're in this situation. We do not possess a childlike faith. Pre, uh, previous to this, just in the few verses before this, Jesus had been embracing the children and blessing them. They came to him, and he hugged them, and he blessed them, and he, in my mind, you know, he's praying over them. He told those listening... And presumably the rich young man had heard him as well. He said, receiving the kingdom means coming like a child. He said this in, in chapter 10 in the earlier verses. Coming to the kingdom means receiving it like a child. So this would require the young man to trust in Christ alone and not in himself. If one is rich in any way, money. Well, I think that I'll be able to save myself through what I can buy or talents well I think I can make it on my own merits because I'm just that good or opportunity well I have this I had this chance to make it for myself I have this chance to do it on my own that person may get the incorrect view that they are a self-made man or woman until we recognize that our Heavenly Father is our provider, we will only look to self. There have been time after time after time that, uh, and, and this part of, part of Shane's testimony, he's not here to, to uh, reiterate, but I, I can tell you because I've lived it with him for a while. But there have been times that he didn't make a bonus or you know, his, his check wasn't what he thought it was going to be. And he was upset and, and feeling worried and concerned. And I would say to him, and so this was years ago because uh, Mike Nieder sold the company a long, long time ago. But I would say to him, Mike Nieder does not pay our bills. 
your employer does not pay your bills your customers don't pay your bills the 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 government doesn't pay your bills it is god alone who provides so i have to come to him i have to recognize him as my heavenly father i have to come to him with this idea of god i cannot make it on my own and i surrender everything to you the Heavenly Father knows, Jesus said. He, he knows what you need before you even ask Him. He is concerned about your needs. It matters to Him that you need food. It matters to Him that you need clothing. It matters to Him that you need shelter because He loves you. He is your Heavenly Father. So creating this unnecessary stress and striving relying on my own self i am not putting my trust in my father i have to come to him with a childlike faith and say it doesn't matter how much i have i, I may have a, a you know a hundred million dollars in the bank god but none of that none of that matters compared to you i i, I can't i can't do it on my own god that's what Jesus was saying. That it's going to be really difficult for a person who has lots to rely on, whether it's money or talents or, or anything. It's going to be a, really tough for a person who has a lot to rely on to say, none of this matters. And I stand before you, God. And I say, what, whatever you want from me, whatever you want to do through me, I, I belong to you. That's why it's difficult. Because let me tell you, there are times... See, I'm, I'm very type A. What? And I, I feel like there are times I can get some stuff done. Okay, if everyone would just listen to me and do exactly what I say, then we're going to get tons of stuff done. And I can, I can rely on self pretty easily. Like, I know I can handle that. <laughs> And then not turn to God? I can tend to do that. Sometimes I don't have a childlike faith like I ought to. But that's what's going to get me into the kingdom. That's what's going to make me acceptable to God is coming before Him like a child and saying, Father, whatever you will. The third thing that we see he would not, we do not engage in kenosis. I'll tell you what kenosis means too. That's a great word. I love this word. It's a, uh, it's a Greek term. It's a word meaning to empty. It's used in, you don't have to turn there, but if you're taking notes, it's used in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, when it says that, that Jesus made himself of no reputation and that he emptied himself. So, Basically, it's saying he was worthy of all great things. He was worthy of all worship and honor and glory. But he chose to step down out of that. He emptied himself of all his worthiness. And Paul says in that same chapter, let the same mind be in you which was in Christ. So we are told to engage in kenosis, in this emptying getting rid of other stuff, getting rid of all other reliance, getting rid of all other things to surrender to God. 
understand that the point of Jesus' instruction to the young man was one of self-emptying. There are some people, I know people personally, who were called by God to sell all their possessions, give their money to the poor, and begin ministering. I, I know people that were called to that. But not every Christian is called to that. Listen to the Lord. If he says it, don't deny him. But see, for other people, money is not what they're full of. For some people, it's not money that they need to get rid of. It's self-reliance that they need to get rid of. Or it's pride that they need to get rid of. Anything that fills us up, other than God, we've got to get rid of it. So that's what Jesus was saying to this young man. Your heart is full of the love of money. Your heart is full of reliance upon your possessions. That's why Jesus said to him, you need to get rid of it. You've made an idol out of your things. That's why you need to get rid of this stuff. But again, for some of us, that's not what we've made an idol out of. So the point here is that we must be willing to give up, to surrender, to cast aside anything that God requires. Reliance upon self. Has anything in your life become so important to you that you're afraid to be without it? And only you can answer that question. And, and maybe maybe it's not any of us. And maybe it's people online and they're listening and, hey, what's the Lord speaking to you? Or maybe if we examine ourselves, we'll see, oh, there's a little bit there. Jesus guaranteed an abundance of whatever we surrendered to and for him. He guaranteed an abundance of fellowship. He he guaranteed an abundance of family. He guaranteed an abundance of land. When we surrender those things to him. So, is what you're holding on to worth eternal life? money, relationships, habits, dreams, ambitions, whatever it may be. While those things are not wrong in and of themselves, there must exist a desire to have Christ, if nothing else. So, we must have a desire, a willingness to lay aside idols, to lay aside anything that comes above God. So we must so we, we see these things in ourselves. We can recognize it these ways. If we are following most of the commandments, not all, but most, if we do not possess a childlike faith or if we're not willing to engage in kenosis, a self-emptying. So today, and we've had great prayer times. We've had great times of, of meeting with the Lord. If you haven't received from Him today, now's a great opportunity. As the music plays and we go to the Lord in prayer, ask the Holy Spirit to search into your heart, to see inside anything that that could be a hindrance, anything that you're putting above God or anything that you're relying on more than Him. Ask Him to search that out as we go to Him in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your goodness. God, you have been so great to us today. You have blessed us in so many ways. We've already felt the move and the power of your Holy Spirit. We've received from your word, and it has been so great. We thank you, Lord. 
We thank you, Lord, for meeting with us here today, for allowing us to be in your presence. We're so thankful. Father, I just ask now that you would work in each heart. Father, if there are any of us today who are following most of the commandments but not all, I pray you would begin to search into our hearts. God, begin to open to us those places that we need to be obeying you better. Those places that we need to set aside self and place you as Lord of our lives. God, I ask that right now. Father God, I pray that you would make us childlike in our trust. God, that we would come to you like little children, embracing you, trusting in you, putting our full reliance upon you, understanding that we have nothing apart from you, Lord. Work in our hearts in this way that we would be more childlike in our faith, more childlike in our trust, more willing, like a child to be to be sent out by our Father. God, that you would find us faithful. Work in our lives in this way. Father God, I pray that each of us would engage in kenosis, would just empty ourselves of self. God, that you would help us to get rid of anything that could be a hindrance. God, to set aside self-reliance, to set aside reliance upon money or talents or things, God that we would set aside anything that would hinder us from you. God, we thank you and we praise you that as we are consistently trusting in you, you will do great things. God, as we are getting closer and closer to you, you will reward our faithfulness and that we will never lack. God, I thank you that you tell us in your word that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that there will never be a time that we will have a need that you are not in the middle of working out. God, we just want to put our trust in you right now. Complete surrender in Jesus' precious holy name. God, I thank you and I praise you. And now we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face to shine upon you. May Yahweh be gracious unto you and may he give you his peace in Jesus name. Amen.